0: You are now listening to The Brian Black Experience with your host, Brian Black. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me on another edition of The Brian Black Experience. Um, Now, before I get into anything um, and my guests that are here with me, um, I want you to walk with me a little bit and imagine, if you will, if you have a child and that child, no matter what, no matter where they are in your family, whether they be the oldest child, the youngest child or the middle child, imagine you send that child to college away to school, always a special moment in time, whether it's the first child or the fifth child, always special. When you send that child away to school, you think or you assume that that child will be protected and taken care of, especially if that child is an athlete because they have coaches who look on them. They have tutors, a whole litany of people who are involved in that in the day to day activity of these particular athletes, no matter what level of college, whether it be Division One, Division Two, Junior College, Division Three, et cetera. So imagine, if you will, you are that parent, you send that child away to school with these expectations, and those expectations are not met. Imagine, if you will, if something happens to that child, wherein that there is no coming back from, where in fact, if I'm being blunt, that child actually passes away. Imagine the hurt and the pain of that moment. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to to my guests today, Ms. Joanne Atkins-Ingram, who is the mother of Braden Bradforth, who was a collegiate athlete who was sent to school to play football and passed away upon uh, arrival at said school. To her left is Jill Elaine Green, her attorney. And these two young ladies have blessed me in, or were gracious enough to sit with me for a few minutes to talk about uh, their story, specifically uh joanne and Braden's story so ladies thank you for joining me i appreciate your time You're welcome all right so joanne before we get going um first of all tell everyone a little bit about yourself about your background
1: oh that's the first time i've ever been asked that
0: because we care about you here on the brian black experience that's why we want to know about oh, you
1: too thank you i appreciate <laughs> it but it kind of like threw me for a loop uh, i'm born and raised in asbury park mm-hmm. uh And I currently am a state employee, soon to retire. Um, I also work for the Monmouth County Homeless Shelter uh, a few times a week overnight. Um, So I'm always giving back, or at least trying to. I, it's hard to talk so much about Braden, it's hard to talk about myself. Um, I have another son who just turned 21 in November. So it was just Brayden, Bryce and myself.
0: Congratulations.
1: You know, once I got divorced and it's been the three of us and... We've just always been, I'm sorry, let me, I've since remarried. So it does, you know, they've had, you know, positive influence in their lives. Um, But we've just always done things at, as a family. And we took pride in that, you know, as far as family dinners, taking road trips, um, supporting them, no matter what sport they were. They also played basketball, the both of them. And it was just always supporting each other, whether they supported us or we supported them. But we just enjoyed spending time together. And I mean, like every other family, we've had, you know, our ups and downs. You know, there's moments that, you know, you want to kill the kids or the kids want to kill, you know, the kids want to kill the parents, you know. so. Right. But I mean, at the, the the end of the day, there was no doubt about we all knew we were all loved. So um, losing Brandon has really been an experience that I just wouldn't wish on anyone else because he was so different than my oldest son. My oldest son is very serious. You know, he laughs, but he's very serious. He, he's very organized. He knows exactly what he's going to be doing three years from now, where Braden was the complete opposite. He was the clown, but he was very shy, you know, at the same time, but he loves to laugh. He loved to make other people happy. You know, he was the one that would never say no, no matter how tired he was, you know, or what he had to do. He always managed to find time for anyone, old, young, doesn't matter. You know, Braden was just that kid. He was a girl's guy and a guy's guy, you know. So I know with him, he took a lot of secrets with him because everybody confided in Braden because Braden was he was loyal. Mm -hmm. So. And, you know, he just wasn't mean spirited. So to lose him, you know, it's, you know, every day, you know, we remember something that he said that was funny or amazing or you you just had to know him because it was amazing statements he would say. You'd be like, really, Brady, you just said that? Like, what? Because he was just, you know, he didn't see the world as the world really is now. You know, he just always looked for the good in people and he was so non-judgmental so it didn't matter if you were a monster or you were Gilda the Good Witch mm-hmm. he treated everyone the same and he respected people you know so and he just didn't feel the need to burden anybody with the way that he was feeling so he internalized a lot of things as well mm-hmm. you know so I mean the you know world could be falling down around him and we would say you know Braden, how are you and he'd say oh I'm good you know, and I know as his mother, like, you know, I know he would have to be feeling some kind of way, but he would never express that because he wouldn't want to make anybody else that. Right. So right. he was six, four and 305 pounds. It was a big kid. So until he actually opened his mouth, you know, he was always a lot of times judged for his size. Right. What usually comes along with that. So a great part of me died the day that he did because right. he was the one that. You know, would come lay on the couch with me And watch TV And even though he would act like, you know Everything I did was corny (laughs) 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 But he would stay He would watch TV with me and my husband You know, he helped around I could call him from the store and say Brain, I'm almost home, can you help me with the groceries? You know, and he was so big and strong So he carried two, three cases of water on his shoulder You know, so He was just, you know, he was just that That kid And I couldn't have asked for a better child, you know. I'm fortunate that both my boys are good, but they were good in different ways, right. you know. So, and it's hard for everyone to accept this loss because, again, it wasn't just me. I'm finding out that it was people I didn't even know, Brayden, you know, affected or had a relationship with, or, you know. And in this day and age, you hear so many horror stories that this, you know, I, I, it just makes this really just so unbelievable because brayden was the kid that he hated school he hated it he only went because it was the law but you know he (laughs) he made the best of it we had a lot of trials and tribulations going through school Mm -hmm. but he finally decided that you know he was gonna turn himself around to academically so he could get into school and play football because he loved the game of football
0: how old was he when he discovered that he loved football
1: Actually, Brayden started playing football late. He didn't start until the eighth grade. Um, Him and my older son will blame it on me that I didn't. But I felt that seeing, you know, kids and parents, you know, at different sporting events that... I wanted to wait until they wanted to play. Right. Like I didn't want them to feel like they were forced or they had to do it to please us. Or No, I waited for them to say that they actually wanted to play any sport. Mm-hmm. So Brayden started with AYF and Bryce started with Pop Warner. So because of the age difference and the weight requirements, mm-hmm. um, they had to play on two different teams. So in two different towns. So imagine that. But we made every game. Right. <laughs> for the both of them. So Supermom. And, Yes, very hectic, but it also took the village to also, you know, participate with them. And we're thankful for that because whoever came up with that saying it is definitely true. It takes a village and it doesn't mean that you had to have kids of your own. Sometimes it's the barber. Sometimes it's, you know, a teacher at school. Sometimes it's the members of your church. It, It doesn't really matter. But anybody that is there with you through the good and the bad. They become villagers whether they want to or not. Right.
0: Now, Braden attended uh, Neptune High School, correct?
1: Yes, Neptune Township High School, yes. Now, in Neptune, New Jersey.
0: Now, if you can put into words, how good was Braden in high school on the field?
1: On the field, Braden was he was good. Um actually it started with AYF before he got to high school. So um, his coaches there were very aware of Braden and the type of kid and player Braden was and Mm -hmm. who he became right you know so he was very new to it where most kids at AYF had started since they were playing flag football or you know on a Mighty Mike's team Mm -hmm. and Braden didn't so at first Braden was very nervous very shy he's always been bigger so he didn't really get the fact that he was supposed to run over the person in front of him (laughs) he not want to hurt them so you know once you know, we told him that Brayden, no, this is what you're supposed to do. This is the game. And he finally, like, got the hang of it. He had found his niche. Right. So, sort of like blindside. If you- <laughs>
0: right, 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 right. The gentle giant syndrome, kind right. of.
1: Exactly. So, and that's how Brayden lived on and off the field. But then once he found on the field that that's what he was supposed to do, mm-hmm. that's exactly what
0: he did. Outside of his uh, I don't want to say escapades, but his his acumen on the football field. Why? Why do you think the community fell in love with Braden?
1: Just because of his personality and who. Kind-hearted.
0: Mm-hmm. So he was kind hearted.
1: Like I said, you know, there's you trying Yeah, there was crime, you know, just like in every other town, Mm -hmm. just about now across the nation. So, you know, everybody hears a horror story, you know, and people are always rushing and, you know, hustling about just trying to get through their regular day. And Braden was not that kind of person. So, you know, he stopped to smell the roses as opposed to everyone else who, you know, is just caught up in there every day. Living, right. you know, and have to get from one job to the next or, you know, rushing from school to work or whatever their responsibilities are. Sometimes we lose sight as to even the next person standing next to us. And Brayden never did that. So that made him different. And he just went out of his way to make other people feel good. Right. So people's parents appreciated that for their kids whenever You know, he was at their houses and, you know, he was always polite to the parents. And and that's what I get a lot is from a lot of moms like Braden came to my house and, you know, he always spoke and, you know, he was so mannerable and, you know, so. That's awesome. I don't know. But, you know, lately then, you know, I got from that to. You know, can you please make Brayden Braden take my daughter to the prom. I've had this <laughs> in- all year long. You know, we had it. Braden was gonna say and Braden doesn't do pomp and circumstance. So he was like under no circumstance will I put on a tuxedo. <laughs> it's hilarious.
0: He's like, You know what? I have can my be- people call your people. Let me think about this. It must be nice to have an options, kid. Yeah, so <laughs> Brian, if yes. I
2: could I just I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um I I have a little story about Braden also. Sure. And uh, I think it, it's, it says a lot about who he was. He just sort of had this aura about him. He was an animal lover. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came to my house to do some yard work. You know, I needed the yard cleaned and Braden needed some pocket change. So it was perfect. And um, it was a hot day. So we were outside and he's cleaning up and it's working really hard. And, uh, he went into my house. Uh, he said, I'm going in, I'm going to get a drink of water. And I said, sure, go ahead. But whatever you do, don't pet my dog. Um, the little black and white one, because he nips, he'll, he'll nip you. And he's, you know, okay. So then I went into the house and he's sitting by the table and that little dog
1: is, that climbed- bites everybody.
2: <laughs> is climbing up into his lap. And he's petting him, and the dog's looking at him with these soulful eyes, (laughs) and I have a picture of it. I took a picture, because I'm telling you, this is a dog that didn't like anyone, but there was something about Brayden, his kindness, his sweetness. I think it says a lot. Did you happen to see that I texted you the pictures of the tattoos memorializing him? Um, I mean, that's amazing. And. You know, I'm sure we'll get further into this, you know, his story. But even at college, when Joanne and I had an opportunity to speak to some of the football players, we heard the same thing over and over again. These kids had only known Braden a day, yeah. you know, a day, maybe two. And we heard over and over again how he had touched them in some way, you know, touched their lives in some way that, you know, they were devastated about what happened. So, you know, he he really, I mean, you know, Joanne's his mom. And, of course, you know, she is going to say wonderful things about him. But anyone you ask will say the same things. He now, was a good kid.
0: Now, now Joanne, that being said, um, when did you get contacted by Garden City Community College?
1: Actually, this is going to sound a little crazy mm-hmm. because we weren't expecting Braden to actually go to college. It's not something that, you know, he readily talked about if you asked him he was going to be a firefighter then you know he just he wanted to work with animals It was kind of like all over the place so again going back to him being very laid back very easy like he just was not going to stress about what he was going to do and he hated you know the whole idea of just having to be tied down in a classroom so um, a lot of schools, uh, junior colleges here and um, junior colleges elsewhere had been contacting Braden, And that's because of his highlight reels and a few of the coaches that had come here. But they would usually come during the school day. Most of the time they went through his coaches at the school, at high school. So Braden, and then Braden would be sending highlights of his own because he followed a lot of players. He followed a lot of teams, professional, college, um, junior college. And we knew that he really didn't have the grades to go to, say, a D1 school. <laughs> so all of this happened between Braden and his counselors and his coaches at school. So uh, Braden, you know, would say to me, Mom, I'm, I'm looking at a school in Texas or I'm looking at a school in California junior colleges. And, you know, we'd say, okay, well, Braden, you know, you let me know, like what it is that you want to do, because whatever it is, you know, we're behind you. Right. Um, You know, days and weeks and stuff would go by. And then he even attended a few. um, There's a team here called the New Jersey Warriors and it's comprised comprised of all of the junior colleges within the state and they actually move the practices around so it's convenient for everyone who's on the team. So Braden went to a couple of the um, sort of like Columbines that they would hold.
0: Combine. So mm-hmm. he,
1: participate, he, he participated in those a few times because they invited him out to you know see a practice, see how it was run, meet the coaches, things of that sort, and they were very interested in him. So And I attended a few of those with him. But a lot of those he went to you know, by itself. But in the meantime, next thing I know, um, I had been home because I had to have a hysterectomy. So I was home for two months and then I had just returned back to work. And I had only been back to work maybe four or five days when um, one of his teachers and his counselor called and said that Braden was accepted into Garden City. The coach really wants him to come to that school. And then the process happened within a day.
0: And the coach you're referring to is uh, Jeff Sims.
1: Uh, yes, okay. by name. Now, I've had no interaction with him from beginning to end. So I think that he initially were in conversations with the teacher and the coach and then it went down to maybe the coach underneath him, the assistant coach. I'm not quite sure, but then they did all the contacting back and forth because then they needed all of his school records and all of that sort. So his teacher reassured me that they had everything and that for me not to worry, and next thing I know, he was getting a phone call. I was getting a phone call saying that we needed to put him on a plane. So he was accepted on Thursday and the following Monday, four days later, Five days later, mm-hmm. he was on his way to Kansas. Wow. So
0: now, and I remember us when we talked uh, the last time we talked. You mentioned that you got the phone call and said, "Hey, you need to put Braden on a plane." But there's one problem: how we get Braden on a plane? <laughs> what do we come up with the money for the plane? So tell everyone about how you got Braden to Kansas. I thought it was a great story.
1: Well, every day that I had rewards for, they don't fly to Garden City. Mm-hmm. So that's when. Hour of Facebook in the village, you just post and people are up all hours of the night, <laughs> early in the morning. Facebook is truly the city that never sleeps. There's no longer New
0: York.
1: <laughs> So, as I'm posting, like, who has rewards for any airline that goes to Garden City? Can you please contact me? Because Braden had to be there by Monday, July 30th. So I started getting responses. And then, you know, just the villagers were like, here, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put the money up. This is, we, you know, let us know, like, when he exactly needs to leave. And then one thing led to another. And I got the itinerary. We bought the ticket. I got the itinerary. I gave it to um, his teacher. They forwarded it to Garden City. And next thing I know, Sunday night late in Walmart, we're finishing up the last little things to put in his suitcase. And he left early. Uh, Monday morning. He had like a six o'clock flight wow. leaving here. That's so,
0: awesome. So now, you say you were in Walmart on, was that Sunday night you just said?
1: Sunday night, yes. Sunday
0: night. What kind of emotions were you having prior to him getting on that plane?
1: I was having mixed emotions, you know. So, I was nervous because again, knowing Raiden, if you have multiple, I always say this, if you have multiple children, you know you have that one child that You don't have to do anything for it. They're very mature, they're very organized. You know, they know exactly what they're doing. You can give them a grocery list. They bring back everything on the grocery list. Braden was just that other child that, you know, he would lose his train of thought as soon as he got up out the chair. I was overjoyed, but I was nervous at the same time because Braden was that one that he could get someplace, but he couldn't give you any street names, you know? So as long as we've been traveling on this road, you know, I say, Braden, what's the name of the street? he's like, I don't know, but this is how you get to so-and-so. Right.
0: Oh, so, I know that very well. I know that syndrome.
1: You know, <laughs> so just like, oh my God, now he's going to, you know, the middle of the United States. Right. And I mean, we've traveled, but I've been places without my kids, but my kids have never traveled without me. So I was also nervous, you know, and then you hear, you know, stories and kids get homesick. You know what I mean? And he was so far away. So I was like, "Oh my God, you know, how is this gonna work out?" But I immediately started thinking, "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to get another job because now he's gonna be broke at school. So you know, <laughs> how we're gonna have to send him, you know, all kind of snack money and, and like I said, he was 305 pounds. A lot and of snacks. A lot of snacks. So <laughs> he ate a lot of meals. Mm-hmm. So you know, I said, "Oh my goodness, I'm gonna have to lift and you know, Doordash and everything right. else to you know get him through his first year." But we were excited. But at the same time, I was I was sad because he wouldn't be here every day, you know, and he's a big part of my life. So, you know, and then again, like I said, I was I was amazed. I was overjoyed, you know, but just very, very nervous.
0: Now, just for a matter, just for a point of of record, have these been had this uh, process been under, uh, quote, I guess, normal circumstances, you know, football season you're in senior you're going through football season and you're actively applying and recruiters are coming etc cetera, etc cetera. would you have gone with him on um that trip
1: yes if there yes if we had more time to plan uh yes i would have definitely gone with him you know and then you know stayed for a few days or whatever to get him settled right. and to make sure that he was okay and then returned home but actually this was you know it was going To work out because we were then once he got to school, then we figured, okay, you know what, we're gonna rent that 15 passengers, so therefore, everybody that right. can, you know, that would like to go, right, we would be able to go and all, you know, witness Braden playing his first college football game right. on a college field. Right. But yes, if this had played out differently, I, of course, I would have gone with him.
0: Right. Now, you said that he, he got on the plane on Monday, yes, correct, and he got out, he gets off the plane. In, uh, did you speak to him after he landed?
1: Yes, the first time, uh, like I said, he had to change planes in Dallas. The next day, which is Tuesday, um, he had practiced that morning, so I spoke to him. Uh, I want to say about eleven thirty. So I guess about six thirty, I called Brayden and I said, "Brayden, what's the name of your dorm room?" And he said, "What do you mean?" And I said, Brandon, every dorm has a name. Usually it's the founder of the school or one of the alumni that's donated a lot of money. They mm-hmm. name each building after someone. This is how cool as he was. <laughs> they named the building after someone. So he's like, OK, <laughs> whatever. I said, well, just ask somebody, you know, what the name of your hall is. So he did. And it was West Hall. OK. So I said, OK, because I need to put it on your box. I just don't want to send it to a general, you know, mailing address. I want it to come directly to you. So he said, OK. So I'm addressing the boxes and then I'm racing. So the whole time I'm on, phone, on the phone, I'm racing to the UPS store, which is maybe 10 minutes from me, not even. So I get to the store because I had Googled and they said the last pickup is 630. So when I got there, it was about 635, 640. And the, the UPS guy was walking in the door. So the, the rep there was like, you just like missed... because we would have to have listed it. So he said, you know, this won't go out until tomorrow. I said, okay, but I have one box that has to get there immediately. So I'll just take my chances and I'll go to the post office in the morning and try to, you know, express mail. there. So he was like, well, good luck. He said, And if you don't just bring it back, he said, but this box won't get there until Tuesday, which was the snack box. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, just send that box and I'll just let them know. So I said, your one box won't get there till Tuesday, but I'm going to go to the post office in the morning to, you know, expedite this box. So he's like, okay. So I said, well, what do you have going on tonight? He said, well, I have, you know, a couple of football meetings and then, you know, that's pretty much it. So I said, okay. So I said, all right, well, you know, I have to go to work tonight early. So, you know, just call me when you get done. But remember I go to work early. So I'll be at the shelter. I won't be home. So he said, okay, mom. So he said, you know, I I love you, mom. And then we hung up the phone. Well, mm-hmm. in that time, I didn't know that previously he had reached out to his high school coach to say that he was going to have this conditioning drill that they all, all had to perform. And he was nervous about the conditioning drill.
0: Can you tell us what that conditioning so drill was?
1: Know, um, the conditioning drill was he had to do 35 36. or 36 50-yard sprints in eight seconds or less. Mm.
0: So what yeah. ha- so what so what happens next? Tell me, tell us about oh. the sequence of events as they unfold next.
1: After that, I'm just going about my regular night. So you know, I lay down for sleep. I get up. I go to the shelter. I'm at work, and my coworker at the shelter also is one of my best friends. I guess it was about 1 a.m. I get maybe a little bit before one o'clock. My son calls me who had just gotten off work because he worked the evening shift. So my brother also lives with me. So the two of them in different capacities had just gotten home from work. My son Bryce, my oldest son Bryce calls me and he says, "You know, mom, the police are here and they're looking for you or Bo. That's what my husband's name is, Robert, but we call him Bo, that's his nickname. So I'm like, what do they want with us? Like, why is the police there looking for us? I said, well Bryce, I'm at work, you know, I'm at work. I don't understand like what the police could possibly want. So, you know, he said, I don't know. He won't tell me. But, you know, they really need to speak to you or or both. I said, all right. So he gets on the phone. So he said, ma'am, you know where I said I'm in Freehold. I'm at work. I work at a homeless shelter. And he said, well, we need to send a police officer there. And I said, why? I said, I don't understand. I just told you I work at a homeless shelter. Why would you want to send the police here? And it's nighttime. So he said, well, you're not in trouble. You know, I said, well, I don't think that because I don't do anything to get into trouble. But I still would like to know, why is it so adamant that you are at my house this time of night? And he said, well, I really cannot tell you over the phone. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, OK, well, you're talking to Bryce. So obviously, he's fine. You know, my brother's fine. So, I, you know, I just said, OK, well, I'm going to hang up. So I hung up and I called my husband and I said, you know, where are you? He said, I'm delivering a load because he's a truck driver. I'm delivering a load. I'm in Philly which is Philadelphia. So I said, well, okay, you're fine. I said, well, the police are some, they're at the house for some reason and they need to talk to either one of us. So never in my wildest dreams that I think even Braden, it didn't even go there. So I said, well, they're all at the house and the police are there. So I don't know. So he said, well, I'll find out. But in the meantime, when I hang up from him, Bryce calls me and now Bryce is hysterical, crying. I need to come there. I need to come pick you up. And I said, well, Bryce, it doesn't sound like you really need to be driving. I'll just leave. And he said, no, I need to come get you. I need to come get you. I said, Bryce, I really don't want you driving. I don't know what's going on, but I don't want you driving. So I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with you coming to pick me up. So I hang up with him and I call my brother. So my brother's now crying. And he's like, no, we got to come get you. We're leaving now. So I said, well, I don't, it doesn't sound like you need to be driving either. Like what is going on that, you know, not even thinking, you know, one plus one equals two at this point. Of course. So I hang up the phone. So I say to my coworker, I don't know what's going on in my house, but something's going on, but everybody's able to talk, but I don't know what's going on. So in the meantime, my husband then calls and says, I don't want to tell you this. And I said, well. You already know. I'm not one of those people that you can say, I have a secret, but I'll tell you later. No, if you have something to tell me, you're going to tell me now. And I've always lived like that. So he says, well, I want to be he's I don't even know how to say this. And I said, well, say what? He said, tubby has gone. And I said, he's gone. He, He walked away from school. He doesn't know anybody out there. He's not driving. He doesn't know anybody. Like, where is he going? He left school already. It's only been two days. Where's he walking? Like there's tumbleweed. Like, what is he? Where's he going? And he said, no, he's gone. I said, well, you said that already. But where could he possibly be going to? He doesn't know anybody out there. And he says, no. And I want to say he said he passed away. But at that point, like everything just literally went black for me. And the next moment, like my coworker is picking me up off the floor. And the next thing I know, he has a phone and then he's trying to hold me up and then he has his cell phone in the hand because then he's trying to call our supervisor I guess to say but mind you like I'm just screaming so now like my residents are now like waking up like you know what's going on you were in shock so then the next thing I know I remember my friend saying you know just wait here and he let go of me and the next thing I know I was outside literally on the pavement because it's a parking lot And I see my brother and my son drive up and the moment that I saw them, I guess that was the moment that I realized that something really was wrong and that I guess what they were saying was true.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening into this edition of the Brian Black Experience, which Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for listening to the Brian Black Experience. This has been a very special episode, a very serious episode, as if you couldn't tell by the content and the tone of today's episode. Uh, I want to thank Joanne and Jill for their time and um, allowing me to interview you, allowing me to help you get your story out about Brayden and his unfortunate passing. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very serious matter. Uh, the family is demanding answers from the Garden City Community College, and for some reason, they are not being responsive for the to the family. Um, so we are in support of the family. The hashtag you want to use, if you know anything about the story, is Justice for the number four. Justice for Brayden. B r a e d e n. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that on. Thursday, April 11th, there's going to be a meeting, a rally, if you will, in honor of Brayden um, at Friendship Baptist Church at 929 Madison Avenue in Asbury Park, New Jersey. So if you're interested at all in what's going on and how you can be of any kind of support or assistance to the family, come on out on Thursday, April 11th. This event is actually being um, put together. Uh, in in a major way by Braden's old high school teammates and some of his college teammates will be there as well as I understand some other media as Bay Park Press and others Uh, so please come out if you can I'll be there Uh, again I want to thank Julie Meyer for allowing me to present to you this edition of BBX via the next come up airwaves that's right my other show uh, the next come up you can check me out on the next come up Julie's baby um At www.thenextcomeup.com, or you can just go to YouTube and subscribe to the YouTube page. But share this, like this. If you have questions that you'd actually like me to present to people at the rally this week, hit me up, let me know. I'll get them, I'll get the the questions out, get your questions out, get them answered. And and again, part two will air on SoundCloud, Wiretap. Shout out to Wiretap, uh, Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud we here and we're gonna be online uh, on via the next come up so please share this get the word out um help me help brayden and joanne that being said always be yourself never change and as for me i am hence now forevermore unapologetically black brian black later